Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What are you doing? I'm writing. Oh, God. Hey. Uh, all right, now you don't want me to see it. All right, I won't answer it. All right, listen, welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, Tom Zappala, with my, my big paisan brother, Oh, stop it. Arthritis, Don't you say, arthritis, yeah, please, folks. Please. Can't, bend, can't straighten them out. Stop it, please. Rico Petroselli, Red Sox Hall of Famer, is in the house with me. You are listening, watching us on Facebook Live, PSA Facebook page. We are on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Alexa, CBS, ABC, whatever. We're, we're all over the XYZ. place. Listen, we're going to bring our guests, and we got two guests. Uh, main guest, our guest host is a very good friend. I talk to him at least several times a week, and he starts to aggravate me. Uh, but I love the man. Uh, Terry Melia, senior writer for PSA Magazine. Terry, welcome, my man. Yeah. Hi, Terry. Good to see you, Tom. Yeah, Terry, you, you know, again, I, I have a bone to pick with you. I asked you nicely to have a picture of me on that shelf behind you, and you refused. All right? That's number one. So I have, a, I have an issue with that. But we'll let it go. We'll let it go. Uh, before Alex was late. <laughs> All right, listen, before we talk to Terry, Terry, I want to get your thoughts on this because this is our headline. Oh, is it? And Mr. Mint endorsed a 1952 Topps mantle for famous fine could fetch over 10 get million deneros. Mr. Wow. Mint is no longer with us, but his influence is still impacting the baseball card market. The most famous fine the man, man ever made was in 1952. And Mr. Mint, Alan Rosen, this particular Mickey Mantle rookie 1952 card was his favorite. Freshly graded 9.5, which is Mint Plus by SGC. The card has been in possession of Anthony Giordano, the original buyer who acquired it at a card show in 1991 for 50 grand. Whoa, wow. Mr. Giordano, by the way, is a waste management expert. We won't get into that. Now that the card, Rosen's pick is, is selling, uh, it's, it's on auction at Heritage, 1986, it's up for sale, the star attraction in the company's August Platinum Night Sale. It appears poised to become the most expensive sports card or piece of memorabilia ever sold. For more information, you can read this article on Sports Collectors Daily, our good friend Rich Mueller. But... I want to ask you a question, Terry. Right now, it's in an SGC holder. It's a 9.5. I don't know who's, who's going to win the card, but I'm sure uh, it's going to go for an exorbitant amount of money. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? Because if it were me, I know that PSA is a sponsor, but just for the value of the card, I'd have it automatically go into a PSA holder. What are your thoughts on that? I would have to agree with you, Tom. Uh, I think that resale would... Uh uh, just grow exponentially if it's in a PSA holder. Uh, PSA still drives the bus when it comes to, um, you know, people trying to move their uh, cards on the secondary market. Uh, when it winds up in a PSA holder in an auction, it just has more, um, more clout. I don't know how else to say it. 
the SGC holder, uh, the one that you're touting right now, that, you know, estimates are could go for $10 million. But Marshall Fogel's PSA 10 52 mantle card, number 311, that's estimated to go for more than $30 million whenever Marshall wants to put that up for sale. Uh, right now, he's sitting on it. He is an 81-year-old uh, lawyer who's still actually practicing as a consultant there in Denver. Um, I had the uh, opportunity to interview him about a month ago for PSA Magazine, and we talked about it. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, is what Marshall kept describing to me. He said, it's Mickey Mantle. It's the center fielder for the New York Yankees. There's so much prestige. And it's Mantle. It's not Honus Wagner. But you know what? I'm a guy who collects cards because they're in pristine condition. He says, the Wagner, the best one you're going to get is a near mint eight. He says, I want eight, nines, and tens, mostly nines and tens. So, again, getting back to your original question, I think it's going to go for a lot more if it's um, obviously reholdered in a PSA uh, card, but that's up to the winning bidder to do once he gets uh, possession of it. Now, let's, uh, that's what's so exciting about this industry, what's going on now. I mean, this is big news. It's huge news. That's what I mean, you know, and, and it's great. It, it, it's just, I th- just keeps the industry going, going up. Well, Terry, it's just great. to add to what you're saying now, uh, we are uh, actually uh, leaving. Uh, today is uh, Tuesday, uh, and the show is tomorrow, Wednesday night. So we are leaving for the National uh, on Thursday morning, Rico and I and uh, the rest of the gang. And we are going to be at the National, and there's another PSA 10 mantle that's going to be on hand, and that's the part of the Diamondbacks collection that belongs to Ken Kendrick. So you've got two of them, two PSA 10s. It's going to be real interesting to see how this all plays out with this card from Heritage because it's a beautiful, beautiful card. It really is. How it's going to grade out if it does cross over to a PSA. Let's see what happens. And by the way, just a programming note uh, and then we're going to get into Terry because we got a lot to talk about. We are going to be at the National uh, this weekend. Uh, we're going to be there Thursday. I'm sorry, uh, Friday and Saturday. We're going to be coming in on Thursday, Reek. But Friday, we have a full day. Friday, our good pal JM and a camera guy, they're going to be going around doing interviews. Uh, we have the show from 2 to 4 on the Burka stage. There's some great things that we've so we got some great announcements to, to make on stage. We're not going to talk about it today. Saturday morning from 10 to 12, we're going to be at the East Coast Sports Marketing booth with Joe Drellick and James Fiorentino. We're going to be launching our book, doing a book signing. Uh, and then we're going to mosey on over to the collectible booth. Uh, which is right down the road from there, because the uh, Diamondbacks collection, the book that we wrote, the diamond part of the Diamondbacks collection is going to be displayed uh, at the collectibles booth. Terry, correct? Yeah. Well, actually, at the collectors booth. Collectors it's, booth. Uh, I'm sorry, not yeah, collectibles. Collectors booth. booth. Yeah, booth number two zero three zero. It'll be amongst several cards from the Ken Kendrick collection on display. So absolutely, everybody should come by and take a gander. It's going to be a, one heck of a sight. And if uh, I don't know if uh, a PSA, a PSA at some point in time is going to be giving out the book as a premium. I'm not sure if they're going to be doing it there. But if you do have a copy and you want to bring it, uh, Ellen and I and JM uh, will be more than happy to sign it, as will uh, Joe Orlando, because Joe's going to be with us at the uh, yeah, East Coast Sports Marketing Booth. So it's going to be a blast weekend. Terry, I wish you were there, because I would even... 
buy you a cocktail. All right. <laughs> he said that because he knows you're not going to be. Exactly. Well, I got a Go ahead. Could Go I have ahead. a quick question? Excuse me. Terry. That's Sakai. You know, that Sakai was giving me. In the, it's, 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 it's really for Please, you said you're healthy. Be a little respectful. You don't have COVID lungs. anymore. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Has the industry, and I don't know how this would work, ever think about making a tour of the of the top cards, you know what I'm saying? You'd get uh, you'd get security. You'd have to have security with it and go around uh, to different venues, which you'd, you'd do in advance. You know, you would uh, put um, together. Huh? Them, yeah, put them together. Yeah, there's a problem there. Security, Terry. I, you hear a voice? Did you first, hear a voice from the? If, if you're a collector, <laughs> up there. if you're a collector, first of all, half the collectors don't even want to know, don't want you to know that they own the cards. That's the. This is going to say that they're not going to tell anybody who owns them. This is a exhibition. Like they've done it. The Hall of Fame has done it with bats and all that stuff that they have, and it's pretty valuable. I'm just curious because, again, promoting the industry. That's all. Well, again, well, we, again I'm a marketing no, guy. I'm a marketing guy, and I think like that. In fact, I dream of it at night. Uh, Terry, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's a fair question, Rico. Um, I think back to the 1991 National, which was the first one I ever went to. Uh, it was in its 11th year at that time. It's also the largest, most attended uh, venue for the National ever. Over 100,000 people poured through the doors there. It was in Anaheim. Uh, it was also in Anaheim in 1996. It didn't get the same sort of turnout. Hmm. But at that particular show in 91 was the McNall Gretzky Wagner card, <clears throat> the near mint eight. So that was on display. They had an armed guard for four days standing next to the card hmm. that was under glass. It was really quite a sight to see. Um, and I just remember that show in particular because I was working for Trading Cards magazine at the time. And we had Gail Sayers signing at our booth. It was just a great show. Mm. And uh, the fire marshal and the late Mike Burkus came by our booth a couple of times that day to close us down because our line was extending around, okay. you know, all the different booths. Yeah. And it was causing, I guess, a traffic problem. But it was just, it was a great show to be at. Everything about that was excitement, was generating good things for the hobby. Promo cards were going like crazy left and right. You'd walk outside the doors and people were selling the promo cards they got for free for 25 bucks on the curb. It was amazing to see this, this energy. Yeah. And it was maintained for four days straight. Now, I don't know that I've seen that same energy like that, but that was just a, a great time for the hobby. And then, of course, you had the baseball strike, but then you had the baseball home run chase. So everything started coming back eventually. I think yeah. the now, security, Rico, was the issue. Well, you, yeah. you can have the security. Well, we, hold on. Uh, you remember this story. When Ellen and I, when, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, uh, but when Ellen and I wrote the uh, T206 book, our first publication, we were asked to do a book signing at the Sports Museum at the Boston Garden, which we did. And there was a gentleman uh, who, had a comp who was gracious enough to send us his entire T206 collection, including a Wagner. Mm -hmm. Um, he was from Texas. I'm not going to mention his name. No, I don't. Uh, but we did a book signing at the Garden, and the entire collection was on display. Okay? Yep. Two days later, we got a call from the Red Sox asking if we would do a, 
uh, a book signing at the Yaki, at the time it was the Yaki Way store. Yes. All right? yeah, the, Along with the Wagner the only. And he, he said, not a problem, right? Until the security numbers, you know, what they needed for insurance, what they needed for security, all the measures, at the 11th hour, they had to cancel the whole thing because it was just too costly. Well, that's just one small. This is, uh, we're talking about uh, a number of uh, collectors, uh, you know. Rico, putting- it's, a good, it's a good thought. I think the problem is, as Tom alluded to, security is a big issue, but also getting the collectors to sign up and say, yes, yeah. you can actually have my cards on display. I'm going to trust them to your security <laughs> force. I mean, Marshall Fogel, when he moves that, you know, PSA 10, it goes in a Brinks armored truck, you know, from yeah, one site okay. to another. Uh, he did have that on display twice at Yankee Stadium uh, back in 2009 when it opened up and again at the 2021 All-Star Game in Denver. Um, so that was a that was a big deal as well. Uh, but it took a lot of people moving in the right in the right direction yeah. And, yeah. with all the right parts. And Ken and has his, Ken yeah. has had his display to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right, Terry, right. let's get into uh, right. yeah. uh, let's Thank talk you. about uh, uh, first of all, what is your role at PSA? Well, um, you introduced me as a senior writer for the magazine. My uh, my technical, uh, I should say, my title uh, is is actually uh, PR marketing and content specialist for PSA. That's evolving as we continue to grow under the collector's umbrella. I also do some work for one of our other divisions on occasion called WADA. Uh, they actually authenticate wow. and grade video games, believe it or not. Oh. Um, WADA is an acronym for We Are the Authority. Um, and it's another acquisition that collectors made within the last year uh, just to bring more grading and authenticating opportunities under this umbrella. Uh, what I do is I write a lot. I uh, provide content for the website. I, I write press releases. I interview collectors. Um, I do stuff like this. You know, I want to talk to people in the media. I want to uh, get the word out about our services. It's important to let people know what we have to offer just so they know basically what they're missing if they're not involved. And if they're already involved, we're just trying to make sure that they know this, this also is coming up. For instance, at the National this week, we have this $18, cards, uh, $18 special for cards that can be submitted at the National on site. Now, those are going to go back home with us. You're not going to get those turned around in the day. Uh, you'll have to pay a little extra money for the turnaround services to get it at end of day or end of show. But this is a step in the right direction because when you think back a year ago, Tom, you know, we had a huge backlog. We had to shut off the, uh, the, the services for multiple lines, whether it was economy or value and what have you, because we just had to stop the surge. And that's what we did. And now things are looking pretty good. Uh, we suspect by the middle of October to be through the backlog, which is going to be an incredible accomplishment. It really is. And, really is. And that's and that's going to open up another, you know, avalanche probably of submissions. But it is what it is. People yeah. just want their cards graded, and they want it for preservation, for presentation, and ultimately, I think for resale. Yeah. Well, I think every collector should get the magazine. It's got tremendous uh, information. It's... It really does. But I wanted to ask you: uh, Can you talk <coughs> about the me. PSA magazine changes? I know you're just making some changes. Yeah, um, good question, Rico. In January, the start of this year, 
we renamed SMR, Sports Market Report, PSA Magazine. We replaced the SMR logo at the top of the uh, cover with a PSA logo. Um, we started kind of morphing into more just not only about our services, but expanding some of the coverage into other things under the collector's umbrella. In March, we hired a guy by the name of Jack Archer to come in. He's our managing editor. Jack has also created this metamorphosis of sorts where he's taking covers now. And Jack's not a big believer in cover blurbs. As you can see mm. in our uh, latest issue, this is the one for uh, August. And this is the one that will be handed out at the National this week in Atlantic City. Um, it's clean. It's obviously we're repurposing the uh, 52 mantle part. This shot, by the way, was taken in 1951 at uh, the only spring training uh, time that the Yankees were in Phoenix, Arizona. So there's a great story behind that photo, by the way. But anyway, nice. we That's wanted nice. to put Mantle on the cover, and the timing is perfect. I mean, Tom, you're talking about the SGC card. I'm talking about the Marshall Fogel card that's featured in this magazine. We're talking about the Ken Kendrick PSA 10 52 Mantle that's going to be on display at the National. So it's a great time just to, uh, you know, become a Collectors Club member. Yeah. You pay 99 bucks to get be to become a Collectors Club member. But what that does is not only gives you, you know, a subscription to the magazine, but it gives you an opportunity to jump in front of the line when we're actually having these special services offered. Oh, nice. And when I say front of the line, it's not exactly like, you know, you're at the matinee jumping into the front of the line. But you do get uh, an opportunity to submit at the lower level pricing. And that's what everybody's been waiting for. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. We are chatting with Terry Melia, PSA collector extraordinaire. Terry, uh, we got a few <laughs> minutes before we take our first break. Are you a collector? <clears throat> I am. If uh, you take a gander at my, my china cabinet behind me here. Yeah. What do you, what's, point out some of the cool stuff I can see. I, I really, I mean, you got some cool stuff back there. Can you just point out a couple of items? Well, here, I pulled something special for you, Tom, this morning. This is a Ted, a Ted Williams signed baseball. Very good. I, I had the opportunity to interview Ted back in 1993 at his home in Hernando, Florida. And um, I hung out with Ted and about eight other hobby media guys at that time. We all played golf for a day. But then the next day, Sunday, we all got an opportunity to interview Ted one-on-one -on -one for 30 minutes. Wow. It's, it's a tape-recorded conversation that obviously I have in my archives that I cherish. But during the course of that time, they uh, brought out a baseball for Ted to sign for everybody. I had an upper deck card, uh, just happened to be in my uh, camera bag myself. I pulled that out. Ted happily signed it for me. But the beauty of it was Ted was dropping F-bombs and just talking off the cuff about everything. He talked about the business. He talked about his career. He talked about Willie Mays. I mean, Ted was just, he was all over the place. But it was so great just to be able to throw a question at him and have him go off on 10 different tangents. And they were all priceless. How many, how many times did you do that with him? Oh, a lot of times. But I'm, uh, I'm a recipient <laughs> of a few of his F-bombs. So <laughs> Are you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> as far as instruction? Yeah. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Look for the fastball 2-0. I said, Ted, they're throwing me sliders. <laughs> 
That's only slides. <laughs> Who am I going to look Tom, Tom, I want to qualify. The F-bombs for, were for emphasis. Oh, that what it was? <laughs> he was just emphasizing particular points in the conversation. <laughs> but but I loved it. And, yeah, and the fact is, and, and this is something that I also kind of cherish, is he had a dog at that time, a Dalmatian. Mm. And I want to ask you guys, a guy like Ted Williams, who hit 521 home runs, uh, what do you think he would have named his dog? Uh, something with the hitting, something like that. Uh, MVP, hitting, uh, swing, slugger, slugger. Beautiful. Yes. Right, listen, we are chatting with <laughs> we're chatting with uh, Ter- Terry Miller from PSA and Collector. We're going to take a quick break, Terry. When we come back, it's going to be on deck with Rico, and this week's oh, question is kind of cool. Feel free to jump in. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, Homeowner's insurance is all most people need, but for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, 
JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. It's time for On Deck with Pizza Pesticelli. <laughs> Poppy, why do we always do that? <laughs> <laughs> it is time. Oh, God, it is precious, time for... Precious. It is. Time for our segment, On Deck with Rico, brought to us each week by a good friend, Brian Dwyer, and the great staff at... REA Auctions, Rick. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results. You got a prize and, for this? And extra, yeah, extraordinary service. This week, the question was submitted by a Mr. Tom Gagney, and Tom will get the Rico Petroselli signed uh, photo, which I love. This is a great, great picture. Yeah. You were young then. Where, where do you think that was from? What? 68, 69. What, what, uh, we have a, you have a what ballpark? That's a... Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, wrong. Oh, oh yeah. You're, gonna, you're not going to be able to... Forget it. That's uh, Angel Stadium. No. Detroit. Nope. Yankee. You don't even know. Yankee Stadium. <laughs> was it? Yes. All right. Here's the question. Of all the Sox... Pitches that you played with. That I played with. Who would be your rotation for the top five and first guy out of the bullpen? Who's your who's your rotation that's of the guys th- you played that's with? That's a tough one. I tell you, it could be tough to think about. Uh, there's some really good ones. Well, first of all, Jim Lomborg, uh, Cy Young, Cy Young Award winner. Uh, number two, I would say Louis Tiant. That's not the order of. Boy, yeah. they're all the same. Louis Tion should be in the Hall of Fame. That's another thing. I agree with that. Now, for a short while, he was at the end of his career, had a bad arm, sore arm, but he was he started a few games to us. Uh, Juan Marichal. Really? Yeah, we got Juan Marichal. Well, hold on. And he, when you played with him, he was pretty effective still? He No, not really. I mean, he. I think he had a couple of good games, but he, he had bad, sore arm. I don't know if it was his elbow or what. But uh, just having him there was great. He was it was good to guy. see him the other day on the, at the Hall of Fame uh, yeah, ceremony. Yeah, he was a uh, real class. Who else guy. you got? Well, let's see. I got uh, Rick Wise. Rick Wise had some good years with us in '75. He, he won 19 games. He was a you know he was very good pitcher. Uh, so I got to put him in there, and then Bill Lee, good lefty. Bill Lee, good lefty. Again, this is guys that I played right. with, uh, and uh, I'm probably missing somebody. But uh, well, you are. Yeah. Who's your first guy out of the bullpen? Without a doubt, Dick Raditz. But he threw BBs. I didn't play with Eckersley. Eckersley, right. who would have been Eckersley because uh, Hall of Famer. But Dick was uh, his three, four good years were unbelievable. You know who you're forgetting? Yeah. I'm, I, well, I'm not da- surprised. Dallas Brandon. Oh, jeez. Come on. <laughs> Bucky. Bucky. Bucky Brandon. No. Uh, no, but th- I'm, that's fine. Bucky, I'm yeah. teasing if you're alive. I yeah. don't know. but Yeah, he's alive. All right. Bucky, I, I was just you mean teasing. he's alive. He's my age. What are you trying to say? <laughs> jeez. All right. So, uh, Tom Gagney, good question. You get the Rico Petroselli signed uh, pic- picture, a pictor. Well, hey, good. by the way, a little later on the show, 
I was remiss. I'm, I love him. Charlie Perino from JRI Cards is going to be joining us uh, the last uh, segment of the show. With Charlie, you never know what you're going to get. Charlie's great. I we, mean, he just our guests are fabulous. Yeah, we love him. We love Charlie. Good paisan. Uh, can I ask him this question? Yes. Oh, Terry, what are your thoughts on the modern market versus the vintage market? We ask this question every day, because, and we get different answers every week. What, what, is it, what are your thoughts about that? My thoughts on that. Um, again, based purely on availability, uh, the modern market is just inundating things. Uh, will always be around. I think I was trying to describe this as um, bells and whistles and pretty colors and a lot of foil treatments, but nothing will ever replace the older vintage stuff based on uh, the player selection and the scarcity of those cards. And that's what really drives, um, I think, collecting in general is people want to find that hidden treasure, uh, that vintage card from way back. You know, obviously, they're not a dime a dozen anymore. Uh, these things are like unearthing uh, dinosaur pieces. Um, but that's always the thrill of the hunt. And that's why I think, you know, modern versus, you know, our submissions are heavily driven by modern, obviously, just again on availability and the number, the prolific releases coming out year after year, month after month. Um, you know, some of these manufacturers are relentless <laughs> and they always have parallels, too. And that's what drives their business. So I get it. But as a collector, first and foremost, uh, I want to look for scarcer, uh, more coveted items. Uh, it, you know, if, if I was to go after something and spend a couple of bucks on it. I mean, you think about it, Rico, well, right? He, he's right. I mean, yeah. you're not, Babe Ruth is dead. He's not coming back. There's only so many Babe Ruth cards out there. Well, Same thing with Cobb or, or, or Lou Gehrig or whoever. See, to me, Tom and uh, Terry, it's a segment of the industry, okay? So there's always going to be the value, you know what I mean? Uh, and they're expensive. That limits the the amount of either the type of people that, that can uh, afford those cars. can afford them. So you're going to have to continue with the industry, and that's why... And as the, it's evolving. As it evolves... The kids of today, the heroes, Judge and right. the Trout Good and all point. these guys, you know, th th that's who they want and maybe can afford. Maybe. I don't know what they go But you know something, for. though? You're making a point, and Terry, you're making a point. What about the, all the tweeners? Like, in other words, it seems like this, the young generation, they're jumping to these modern cars like you're talking about. The Judges and the Trouts and the rest of those guys. Mm -hmm. Wanda Franco's. Then you have the vintage guys, right? Yeah. Is there a segment, Terry, of the population that is starting to zero in on the guys from the 70s, you know, the, the Robin Younts of the world or the George Bretts yeah. of the world? Is there a segment? Is that, is that picking up ahead of steam? I think it has to, and it has to based on uh, finances for people everywhere. Um, the onus is on the collector to try to become more focused because there's so much out there. And especially if you're gonna go after modern releases, you know, where do you go? How do you, how do you select? You gotta you know, break it down by player, by team, by city. Uh, there are different segments that you can go after. Um, but I like what you just said, you know, Robin Young or Carl Yastrzemski or Rico Petroselli. You know, you wanna find all the cards of those guys. Obviously it's a lot easier to get the older guys cards 
uh, because it's a more <laughs> finite number. But at the same time, if they're you know worth their salt in their uh, in their old flannels, uh, it's going to be harder to buy those cards because they are going to be more expensive. That's why now, Rico, I have um, I have a card here. I want to show you. Where is it? <clears throat> This is a Rico signed card. This is something that uh, Rico, you were signing back a couple of years ago at the National, right? Yes. Yeah, this is a '72 Tops card. Just being a, an employee of uh, of uh, PSA at that time, not just Collectors Universe. This is something that I was able to uh, acquire. Um, it was actually kind of a, a gift to me from one of my colleagues who uh, acquired it herself. And obviously, I, I love this. Uh, this is a 72 card. It's not, you know, Rico's uh, rookie card. But at the same time, it's something that I cherish. And Rico, having met you a couple of times and have a conversation with you, this is the kind of connection I'm looking for. Yes, and that's I, cool. That's cool. Uh, that, thank it is. you. I mean, it's, it's my favorite card, by the way. It's a... Uh, it, your, your rookie card, it's, yeah, sh who are you sharing it with? Yeah, with uh, Jerry Stevenson. I mean, that's a rookie card is kind of boring. Yeah. But well, your 69 yeah, card is good. It. Yeah. That's a cool card. That's well, the and that 69 card I have a question about, Rico. Okay. Because on that one, it was the back of that one, right, where you were hitting 40 home runs or something like that? Right. So this is, again, on a tops card on the back I read where you were playing the drums during the offseason. Yeah, I, I played for years. Well, yeah. it just happened to, to help your, your wrists and your forearms uh, because there's a lot of practice involved besides playing. But, yeah, I, I played them because I loved the you know, drums. Uh, and, and so uh, We should do a little drum battle. Yeah, know. that's right. Tom played too. And uh, it, was, it was fun. It was great, especially when you went uh, or you had the uh, manager didn't play you, you know, play you. You can go home and put his picture on the drum and just bang yeah, but see, it away. Terry, here's the difference between him and I as drummers. I'm a drummer playing in the local garage band in the city of Lawrence, Massachusetts. Petroselli, he's sitting in with uh, Errol Gardner, who, right? Yeah. yeah Buddy Rich or whoever. Who else? Yeah, Buddy Rich. Uh, I was good friends with him. <laughs> That's the uh, difference. No, but uh, we used to sit in with uh, uh, on the road, me and Carmen fans own. But the thing is... That's why I think it's important, and this is not just not a, a baloney thing, to get that PSA magazine because you're going to learn more from the articles, you're oh, going to learn true. more that's from true. the information they have. Really, you know, where are they going to learn? Where, where, are they, where are they going to find out about what's going on in the industry? Let me ask you this question. Go ahead. You've been, we've been doing this show now for about six or seven years. Yeah. So do you have a, a better respect and i'm going to use your card as an example do you have a better respect now for your particular cards knowing what what the grading is all about uh, you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i and mean what are your thoughts on that well the answer is no you really don't no <clears throat> look look i was a decent player as you know and the big big thing with me that as far as uh, the year was concerned was to hit 40 was the first american league Shortstop to hit 40 home runs, okay? And, uh, and so that was special, you know? But to me, it's these other cards. Uh, to me, it's the Jeters, the... That's all what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm saying if you have no. two cards... No, listen to me. No. If you have a 1969 Rico Petroselli card that's graded a PSA 4, 
and you have a 1969 Rico Petroselli that's graded a PSA 8, would you take the time to look at both of those cards and say, wait a second, why is this a 4 and why is this an 8? Yeah, To I would appreciate yeah. the grading part. Yeah, of it. oh, definitely. That's what yeah, I meant. Of course. That's uh, what I meant. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> right? In fact, when we first started, we were talking about the the uh, the white uh, the borders the, the borders. borders I said, "What do you mean? One, uh, one's smaller than the other, so that means the grade exactly." Would be, I mean, so that's yeah, that's was, my point. It was you, interesting. You've, yeah. you've you've learned that now. Yes. You can see what the, yeah. what, the, what, what they're talking about. Yeah. Terry, speak. Okay, what do you got there? You look at this card, Rico. You can see the um, sides of the card yeah. where the white border is. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, this is probably honestly. Uh, 80 20. Um, this this border here is much thicker than that one. Is there that a grade? Those... Is there a grade on that card, Terry? No, yeah. it was just authenticated. authenticated. Okay, minus, minus three. Yeah. No, we couldn't see, but I, I understand. You see what he's saying? Yes, yeah, no, so, I understand. So that's all part of the grading <coughs> process, though, Rico. Whether it's a dinged corner or creases or marks or fading of the of the card. But the centering is important, too. And that's where, you know, if you get a gem mint card, that means the centering is primo. You know, I had a 52 mantle as a kid because he was my hero. And there were very few that you could get in, the, you know, the, the, with the gum and all that stuff. And <laughs> it, was, it was nicked up a little bit because, you know, we'd put them in the spokes and, uh, and, and flip them uh, against the wall and stuff like that. <clears throat> Would that have taken away... A lot of the value of the of a card. No, that's a tough one. Under oh, fifty-two. Well, again, you, you were talking about. Did you just say fifty-two? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but PSA came around in nineteen ninety-one. Is when PSA debuted. We were the pioneer in that authentication and grading service. Right. Yeah. So obviously, people weren't talking about that up until then, and they still weren't talking about it in nineteen ninety-one. It took a while to okay. get some footing underneath. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, of course, it's all the talk of the town. People, you know, they're not selling raw cards like they used to. Everything's graded. Everything's encapsulated because for the peace of mind for the buyer, they want to know that it's real yeah. and they don't want to do a crapshoot and buy something off of eBay that that is not, you know, authenticated and graded by a third party uh, service. Yep. So yep. it's important. Hey, let's switch Good. gears for a minute, Terry. Uh, Terry, you have uh, I know you live out in California, but you have some roots uh, back here in Massachusetts. Uh, you're a diehard Red Sox fan. You're a diehard Celtics fan. How did that all come about? Tell us a little bit about your fa familial background. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm Irish Catholic, Tom. Is that where you're going? Thank no. you. No. Uh, I, I was actually born in Germany. My parents were both teachers overseas. That's where they met. They had their first uh, four kids overseas, all boys. Came back to Boston, which is where my dad was originally from. My dad's a graduate of BC High, Boston College. Oh, sure. Wow. Um, so he grew up in Brighton. And that's where Ani Sis still lives. Um, Ani Bob was living up until about three years ago. She passed. Uh, she was up on Dustin Street there uh, next to Boston College. I mean, so we have some serious roots. My grandparents had a house on Montcalm Avenue. Oh, wow. Uh, that's still in the family, by the way. On Calm uh, Ave? It's Montcalm. Oh, Montcalm. And, I thought you said Calm Ave. Okay. And and that's actually very close to St. Columkills, which was the uh, the local parish. But anyway, 
Um, hold on, hold on, go- Terry. I just want you to know that my senior year in high school, I played football, and we kicked the hell out of St. Colin Kills High School. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Go ahead, continue. Right. I digress. All right. When, yes. when I see my dad up in heaven someday, I'll remind him of that. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though. Um, that was the beauty of where I learned sports, because my dad was the guy who taught us everything about it. And obviously, when we lived in Boston for maybe three and a half years when I was a youngster, we moved to Connecticut which didn't have sports teams, you know, professional teams. And then we eventually moved to Long Island, New York. And that's where I was raised from mm. age seven until, you know, I moved away in, at age 24 when I moved out to California. But I grew up on Long Island, but I was a diehard Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, and Bruins fan. Mm. So, you know, I was also the shortest guy in class. So I really <laughs> didn't get beat up. I was just more or less the talkative one who wanted to talk about John Havlicek and Dave Cowens and Bobby Orr and Derek Sanderson. So I was giving everybody else an earful when they uh, when they needed it. And of yeah. course, 75. Oh, my God. Uh, that was the best. That was great, Game yeah. six. Rico, that's what I want to ask you about. The 75 World Series, what was it like playing in game six? Because that was the greatest game ever. It was good. Actually, it's the second half of that game, especially because for <laughs> us, uh, the, you know, they. The, From Bernie Carbo's <laughs> home run on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was on first base with Carbo. We were, we were down six to three. Uh, I think Freddie Lynn was uh, on second. I was on first. Yeah, that, that was me on first base, actually. Uh, no, but uh, – and Carbo took two bad swings. Everybody knows. Right. I mean, oh, boy, uh, we're in trouble here. All of a sudden, he gets a pitch. Bang. You know, I see it going. The trajectory was – You were on first. I was on first base. I could see that, you know, the height of it, and it uh, had a chance. And when it went in into the uh, stands, I mean, was, I still get the chills thinking about it. it. It was such an important home run. And Bernie, most of the time, at that time, he didn't – he didn't know what ballpark he was in. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, he, he, he comes around and, oh, my God, this place went nuts. And then we had extra innings. You know, right. nobody did anything. I mean, the big big red machine. I mean, they were a hitting team, one of the best ever, maybe. And uh, so, and then Pat Darcy comes in. They bring him in. <clears throat> Fisk gets up there. Fisk. Well, he's a Hall of Famer. He, he was the best catcher in my year that I've seen. He was tough, too. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he was a great low ball hitter, but also he could hit the high pitch, too. So, uh, and he gets the – Darcy was sinker ball, sinker slider. Throws him a sinker. Bang. You know, we're in the dugout there. Stay Sorry, fair. So that's what I was going to ask. You were in the dugout. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. I was in the dugout. I almost hit my head on the, on the dugout, broke my head. <laughs> but uh, we uh, went nuts. You know, everybody ran out, jumping on him. And, uh, and the, the big thing was afterwards, I said, we got to win seventh game. How can we lose after this? <laughs> it's fate. God is with us. He's a Red Sox fan. Holy jeez. Then, of course, they came back. Well, they were great teams. We won't talk about Game 7, but I do have a question to ask you, Rico. And this will, you know, test your memory banks. Ooh. And I asked the same question to Joe Morgan uh, in 2004 when I saw him at the All-Star Game uh, in Houston. Who caught the final out of the 1975 World Series? Who caught the final out of the... Uh, yes, uh, uh, I'll give you a hint. Carl Yastrzemski uh, yeah, popped out. Yep. 
uh, well, in 78, it was the third baseman, Nettles, but this time it was uh, Concepcion? Think center field. Oh, hmm. center fielder. Okay, Geronimo. Cesar Geronimo. <coughs> Geronimo, yeah. Wow, well, you, you gave me the hint. And, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. Yash popped they, out. He blew the game. Oh, That's stiff. Uh, what a stiff. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but it was a great series, and I was, of course, was happy to be a part of it. All right, Terry, yeah, we're, we're about wrapped up, man. It goes by fast. Terry, wow. you got to promise us, man. I'm not kidding. you got to promise us you're going to come back on this show. I will put huge pressure on you and the uh, powers to be above you. We, we need to get you in the rotation here, pal. You're yeah, actually. Fun. I, I, I love talking to you guys. I, uh, I enjoy the banter back and forth, and uh, I'm glad, you know, and if John Maloria was here, we would have a great time too. Yeah. But, uh, but it was, it's great seeing you, Rico. Yeah, well, I talk to Tom you, all the time. But Look forward to seeing you at the National. No, he's not going to be there. You're not going to be there? Jeez. All right, we'll send you some photos of Tom. I won't be there this year, Rico, but I'll see you uh, subsequent years. And okay. Tom keeps threatening to bring me to Fenway whenever I get Listen back to me. Boston. I told you that. Yeah. You come to Fenway, we'll take you to a yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, guess what? Rico will pull some strings. Yeah, You right. get hot dogs two for one. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. Fenway yeah. Franks, baby. All right. All right. Take care. Uh, take care. Terry Amelia, senior Terry, writer. Great to see you, Great Terry. job, Terry. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Our other paisans coming on in about two seconds. Well, after the break. Our good friend Charlie Perino from JRI Cards. Hang in there, we'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalier and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. 
This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, supporting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of heritage auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become Another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. With so many fakes out there, it's hard to figure out if the sneakers you want are real. But when you buy eligible sneakers on eBay, you can be confident they're genuine because every pair goes through a meticulous authentication process. Introducing eBay Authenticity Guarantee. First, the sneakers you've purchased are inspected by a team of professional authenticators who carefully examine the shoes, including color, pattern, logos, and materials. Then they're measured and compared to the eBay listing to make sure they match. Even the laces, accessories, and box are checked. Once your sneakers are verified, they receive an authenticity tag, and every tag is NFC enabled so you can see the detailed specs. eBay authenticity guarantee. No fakes, no fraud, no doubt. All right, folks, eBay is the place to go for all your memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you just want to add to your collection. Yeah, that's a good idea. eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra cash. That's always nice. So you can pay your, you know, your your. Gas bills. <laughs> I shop on eBay all the time. That's eBay, connecting buyers and sellers globally. Speaking of gas, 
We're driving down to Atlantic City uh, together. I'll pay. I'll pay some of the gas. Just, yeah, no, just, I will. Know, just a little bit, right? Yeah, a buck, a buck a gallon. What the hell? I mean, That's what why? Helps. Why do I have to pay all the way? No, you don't. No, no. This time I'm going to pay. Not only that, I'm going to pay part of the of the uh, dinner. What are you going to pay for the water? <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, it's time to bring in. we got about 10, 10, 12 good minutes with this guy. We love him. Charlie Perino from JRI Car. Look at him. He's going to smoke a goddamn cigar. All right, Charlie. Are we doing a cigar? Or Another one. He just finished his. Charlie, how are you, brother? How you doing? All right? How's you guys doing? Charlie, are you a cigar smoker? Oh, yeah, yes. Well, Not a lot. As a more of a just relaxer. So, just yeah. let, let me tell you where we broadcast from. We broadcast, this is called the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. It's over the largest uh, cigar store or chain. Yeah. Premium cigar retailer. Thank you. Thank you. In New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, wow. And it's called Two Guys Smoke Shop. Very famous here. And this is a huge room that we're in uh, the studio is on the second floor. So every time Petricelli, before he comes up to the studio, he grabs a cigar, sticks it in his mouth, and, and well, then... Well, it's like Charlie says, it's relaxing. It's the only... I'm a cigar smoker, Charlie. I smoke really expensive Avantis. They're $3 a piece. <laughs> and I love you know what it. What we do on the show, we have a cigar box. That's nostalgic, where people used to keep their cards. That's right. Oh, of course. For giveaways, we put an item in there that's going to be a surprise, and if on, on our wheel or our giveaway at the end of the night, you get what's in this cigar box. And I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. What's in the cigar box right now? I'm going to pull out is a 1964 Mickey Mantle coin. Oh wow, um, very cool! And nice. We give it away usually uh, during the show, but it's in a cigar box. It's not in a bag, or a, it's in this actual old cigar box, and that's where kids used to keep their cards back in the day. So now, now Charlie, like to bring back the nostalgia. Today's Wednesday, although it's Tuesday, but the show is airing Wednesday. When are you leaving for the national? We were leaving Thursday. Our flight got bumped. Jeff Blue just said you're leaving this time, and we're like, okay, well, we we have no say in this, so we're going to leave. We'll get there Thursday night, probably late. Uh, we'll be there all day Friday. Saturday, I'm going to be on the national stage opening up a 1961 Fleer basketball. Very cool. Uh, At what time? 10 o'clock to 11. 10 o'clock. So 10, 10 o'clock, you're going to be in the Burka stage. Excellent. On the, on the big stage, opening up a 61 and two 1976 basketball packs. But that's the one. That's the baby right there. Uh, I, I'm a baseball guy, but Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, Six cards in here for six different people, and we're going to open it live on the stage. Now, so this is your forward. first national, right? I mean, JR with the company. Yeah, it was COVID. Last year, we were kind of like 50-50, but this will be our first national. Uh, two full days where we're going to walk around and finally meet, because of the shutdown, all the people we've been dealing with, uh, the, the vendors, the auction guys. It'd be great to see everybody. And you know something? Day. That's what we do, and that's why we go. I mean, yeah. for us, I mean, obviously this year, we, we're, you know, we have the book, the little book launch, but typically we broadcast from there, but that's why we go down to say thank you to our sponsors. We meet with all of them. A lot of the people that watch us on the show, they track us down. We track them down. We want to say thank you to them also. Yeah, outside of this one pack and on the stage from 10 to 11, we're going to take some customers out to dinner. And we're going to relax. We're not going to have a booth set up. We're not going to go live for several hours. We, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back next week, we'll have the backlog of a lot of things to open. So we're going to relax. Some saltwater taffy pizza. There you go. Yeah. Hey, no. by the way, next week, by the way, for our viewers and listeners, 
uh, we are going to be broadcasting the entire two-hour-plus show uh, next Wednesday night uh, on just our, our regular time from the National. We're recording the whole show. The National recording is so we will be broadcasting. Next week, we're not in the studio. You can watch the show uh, that we're broadcasting from. The, like from a recap. National. Okay. Yeah, it'll be kind it's, of fun. Uh, right. is where we'll be at is do they uh, is there gambling there? Meaning no, uh, where we're staying? No, not where we're staying. We're next door. It's next door. Yeah. Next door. So I mean, there's not slot machines in no, there. Where no, you, no, we're at the convention center. Uh, you know, Charlie, tell us about this ten thousand dollar giveaway though. What is this all about? We started about a month ago, and just as a give back to all our customers and our faithful for the past year, we're doing a big giveaway. There's multiple entries. Whether you buy a premium pack spot, a premium pack break. Uh, an exclusive event or whatnot, but you'll appreciate this. Uh, 6th through 20th place, we're giving out anywhere from 1,000 to 100,000 points. You can use at JRI, but uh, in 5th place, we're giving out just these two cards, and you'll like this guy right here. Oh, it's wow. Chief, it's the chief bender with no trees, and I'm thinking, did they chop them down before the card? <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a unique card, and a Hank Aaron. We're giving out a Lou Brock rookie. Uh, oh, boy, it's hard to get center on the camera there. Uh, Lou up, Brock yeah, rookie card. Third place, we're giving out the Mick. And if you're thinking he's third, like who could be better than a, a Mick? Very cool. half SGC card. Nice. Second place, we're giving out a free Lou Cinder 1969 Alcindor. PSA five and a half. That's Kareem Abdul Jabbar for, I would say, for some of the younger people out there who right. are getting into the hobby. But that's a beautiful toy boy of Mickey Mantle. And we were trying to think for first place, what could be a great card to give away? We're thinking we open up vintage packs. Why not give away a entire pack of 1967 baseball? Rico Rate, probably your third year, or fourth year plan. Yeah. Mays and McCovey are on the top. Whoever yeah. finishes in first place, I will crack open the entire pack for this person. On the back is a pinup, which could be Mickey Mantle and a bunch of other Hall of Famers, but Rose Clemente, it's going to be exciting. So yeah. somebody's not winning one card. They're getting the whole damn pack, we say. And we start off with Mays and McCovey on top. So Very that's cool. the giveaway, Stay. and we'll do that after the National. Yeah. We've got about three or four minutes Well, left. I want to ask you, uh, if I become a member, what do I get from you? You get an uh, 8x11 picture of Rico Petroselli. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we have, we, we made, that could really spur membership. Uh, membership <laughs> yeah. is $30 a month or 300 a year, and it's a no-brainer if you're uh, buying on our site. We give you a free shirt. Double reward points, multiple discounts on multiple purchases. Nice. And every month, twice a month, we do an exclusive member giveaway. So if you're a member, we'll give away a free card or a box or a pack of something Boy, that's to our members. That's really a nice little feature. Yeah. Charlie, you know, we have a, a few minutes left. Your background, can you tell us? I mean, I, I know what your background is. A lot of our viewers, I'm sure they'd be interested in knowing what your professional sure. background is. Uh, it's the host of the JRI show. Uh, we have another host there also. I'm an avid collector since I was little. I still have the cards when I was little I collected. And like Rico said, the spokes, the tape. I used to tape my Yankee players on the wall. I still have those. Uh, but this is my background. This is my life. It's my passion. I know the modern business takes off by itself because people can watch these guys. But like you guys mentioned earlier with Terry, uh, those guys from the 70s, I, I go home. And what I watch during the week, this week in baseball. I'll watch a random episode from 1978. Last night I was watching the 55 World Series 
with the Yankees and the Brooklyn Dodgers yeah. when Jackie Robinson stole home. One hour watching that, I'm like, this is great. I do that it, a lot. I go on YouTube a lot yeah. and I watch that. 52 World Series. I've, I've done that as Yeah, it's time. unbelievable. Everybody's wearing the hats in the crowd. Uh, and, no, it's, and it's very cool. Very cool. With autographs. Nothing had a value on it back now, then. Charlie, tell me about fun. the boys, though. You got some family members that are involved with the business. Yes, yes. My two boys are co-founders of the company. They help run the logistics and, and backdrop. Uh, my daughter does some specials on the show. We're all going to be at the National. Uh, our other host, Nick, we're going to go down, like I said, for four days. Uh, we're a growing thing uh, uh, item here at JRI. It's our community and avid collectors that come to us for the graded, unsearched, and sealed packs that we offer. Actually, we just listed another big one, uh, three 1980 packs. And one will have Bird Magic Urban guaranteed on the back. So we're digging up cardboard treasure That's as a family need. for our people out there. And so, uh, Listen, make sure you're, you're going to be there on Saturday. We're going to be there. We're, we're heading back home on Saturday afternoon. But from 10 to 12, we are going to be at the East Coast Sports Marketing booth, Joe Drellick's booth. Stop by and say hi to us. We oh, hope absolutely. We'll all be there. Actually, myself, Rico, J.M., Joe Orlando will be with us. We're all going to be there, so we'll have some uh, fun. We'll be walking around, meeting and greeting people, just having a blast. A little break for us also. And- all right, and your website address, Charles? JRICards.com. J-R-I-Cards. Charlie, you know what you mean to us. We love you. We love having you on the show, and Absolutely. people really enjoy you. And I'm actually, all the people at the National, I'm talking from top to bottom. Can't wait to see you guys there. It's going to be great. I'm looking yeah. forward to it's going to be fun. Actually seeing you in person and, and talking to you guys. All right. We'll see you at the National. Take Love care. the book. You got it, guys. Thank Take you. Care. Can we walk on the boardwalk there? Oh, we're, we're, oh, we're on the boardwalk. We're on the boardwalk. That's okay. where we're staying. That's, good. that's where the yeah. showboat is. All right. I guess that's a wrap. Wow. This is uh, listen, show. again, next week, you're going to watch the oh, We're going to have a the show will be actually a little more than two hours. Uh, you can watch the entire show that we're, we're, we're taping uh, this coming Friday uh, at the National. Right. Uh, looking forward to it. Me I too. Look for, I'm very I'm, excited. I'm really looking forward to being in a freaking car with you for six yeah, hours. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. And I have my uh, armor on, my uh, metal armor, maybe some catchers well, here. Hold on. Remember that movie Family Vacation, David? Maybe Wait, I could put Rico on the on the on the on the Jolly, we put him on the, the roof. Toll, we are at the toll booth. Oh, we got to go now. And he hits the toll booth. Bang! What happened? Well, what is this? I was I, was, I miscalculated. Jeez. With that being said, uh, for those of you that are going to be at the national, we'll see you there. And uh, remember, have a great time. If you're there, be careful and happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.